If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Geekverse review where my nose is the itchiest it has ever been right now. So I apologize for the video watchers, but my name is Travis Snell, and I'm here with a Geekverse review. Uh, it's a fun day because when is it? The Monday, the 6th, 17th of January. We've got our Peacemaker episodes 1 to 3 spoilers review dropping, and we have our Scream, well, my Scream spoilers review dropping right now. we got a whole bunch of newscasts happening this week. Boba Fett happening. The MCU Golden Geeks. Um, After 9 happening this Saturday coming up. So if you want to watch, it'll be 6 p.m. PST. But if you want to join, head over to Patreon. Join the Phase 2 or higher tier. And not only get ad-free episodes, not only get exclusive episodes, not only get early episodes, not only are you helping us grow and building the brand and getting us to create more content. Because it's not a gimmick. The more you support us, the more content we produce and put out there, 
you also get to join on these monthly casts. This one's going to be good because we did not do one in December, but we're doing a catch-up. And I'm just excited to have a fun time because those are always usually like <laughs> it's either a favorite cast or a favorite cast 1A, 1B. You know, we always have a good time because that's just we get to kick back, talk about really what's ever on our mind, see what the patrons want to talk about, uh, see what memes are born. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. So go check it out. Um, I'm trying to think about what else. Like, just lots of good stuff. We have, you know, things like Morbius and everything delayed, but we got reviews out of the Ying Yang popping off right now. So just head down in the description below and you find everything. Our social media, our audio, our video feeds, our podcast network, all the Geek First feeds, our Discord. Um, check out Manscaped Code, Manscaped GV Pod. Get 20% off and free shipping uh, if you're looking, you know, because now we're starting to get warmer, especially here in Melna. Now, is it swimming weather? No. But soon it's going to be more like, you know, Shorts, well, I was going to say shirts, but you probably shouldn't be in public showing your pubes off in public or anything. But the thing is, you're going to be out more. And what happens when you're out more? You meet people. And what happens if you meet people that are good-looking people and you vibe with? You tend to get it on, just like in these screen movies. And you want to be well-groomed. So Manscaped, GV Pod, go use it right now. Lots of good stuff. Scream. So I'm going to, as usual, give my non-spoiler thoughts. Take a little break. Spoiler thoughts. So if you've not seen it, if you have theaters that are maybe closed around your area, things like that, that you don't know, hey, won't get to see it for a while, but should I be bummed not seeing this? Should I buy it when it comes to VOD? I will give you those thoughts, and I'll give you a nice warning so you don't got to worry about it. This review is supposed to be dropping, like, the Thursday or the Friday. Um, I <laughs> had a situation where lots of times, unless it's some of the bigger ones, I go to see movies later, and I will, you know, because with the bigger ones, if it's something like No Way Home, that's almost three hours with ads in the movie and drive time and whatnot, we do it early enough so we can get a review out for the Friday morning. If it's just myself or a smaller movie, I have no problem seeing it later because my kids, and I like to see it after bedtime. You know, I, as we've talked about Geek First, as much time as I can spend with my kids as possible, I will do that. So when I can see a later showing, especially if it's just me, it works out I do that. I was all primed to see it on the Thursday, and I went to go because people, if they don't know this, I haven't probably told this, I don't drive. I'm not a fan of driving. It's only three, maybe two things that drive up my anxiety are driving and snakes, and driving is something I've been fine with not doing my whole life. I have driven a few times. I had to drive in the hospital to make sure my children were born. I can drive, but I prefer not to. Because it's winter here, I've not been biking, so I go to bust up my bike, cannot find the bike lock anywhere. I'm, I have ready to go 10 minutes before the theater's like five minutes away of the bike ride probably 20 minute walk didn't find it missed the thursday and i had a really busy week because we did the vodka stream go check that out with dave and uh other people on there scott and stephen colbert um really fun time with me kirkland tear so that was happening and then uh, we are doing a christmas dinner because we didn't get to do one with my family because my kids were sick during christmas we were just here so it was like i'm not gonna get to see this got to see it i'm very happy it did because i am a massive scream fan uh, i'm I said this before, where before the superhero genre, and that's tough because I was a kid, grew up on comic books and the animation and stuff like that. Before the superhero film genre took off, easily with a bullet, my favorite genre of film was horror. I, I love it just because it is so unique. I don't know what it is. Only us horror fucking freaks. <laughs> and we're not freaks, but I just mean like, oh, for the, you know, whether you like your torture porn, your jump scare, your possession movies... I like it all. It's not just one genre, you know? So I'm a big fan of these, and I'm a huge fan of slasher movies. That's why uh, before COVID, if people don't know, we were going to be making a geek for slasher movie, and we will one time. I promise you my life we will, but COVID 
and other things happen. So it's like, okay, it's backburned, but we are making another one. But I, we talked, we're like, okay, we, we want to make a slasher. It's so much fun. I love Michael, Jason, Scream, as we're talking about here. Like, check, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a slasher effect. Same thing, Nightmare on Elm Street, to an effect. So I love the genre. I love the tropes, everything about it. And Scream, it's just the definition of, obviously this came out in the 90s, but when you're, especially when you are watching them at my age, it was, okay, I am old enough that my parents allowed me to watch these things. I'm renting them constantly from Blockbuster, getting this, this. I remember I had one of the best nights ever, me and my auntie, rented every single nightmare in elm street and we just watched the entire series in a weekend and it was tons of fun and for me who had seen i think i think i probably seen one out of the con he's like oh what is this who's this freddy guy just loved it so i you see a lot of slashers good bad the sci-fi network for canada you know there was oh man i can't remember what it used to be and maybe some other canadians will there used to be on satellite there used to be a station that was just horror it was like shutter before shutter and that's where I watched and cut my teeth of seeing like Leprechaun back to the hood or, um, Oh, there's another one. It's like ghouls or something like that, but you just see so much stuff. Right. So with slashers, this film, obviously I'm not going to do a review. Of the first one, we didn't get to retrospective. The first one is just game changing. It's so fresh. It's a movie that when you are in the age of starting to catch up to movies, it's one where you watch and it stands up like, Oh, I've watched maybe, you know, 50 horror movies this month but scream that really stood out and it wasn't exactly like that because i watched scream and then scream two and then scream three and i had known about scream before because the ghost facing is so iconic but i never seen the films and they're just smart they're witty i love wes craven they are game changers to the genre and i absolutely love them it's a fun whodunit every time because they even talk about this in the movie where you know yeah, sure, one of the weaker points of this franchise is you don't have that returning character coming back every time, but you do have that aspect of who done it, and like the poster says, right? It's always someone you know. So um, I I was very excited for this in the base of I'm always down for more Scream. I'm always down for more slashers. Um, we had the original cast coming back, and I was also down for it for two reasons why, where I love Wes Craven. He's made some fantastic movies. Uh, rest in peace to easily one of the horror masters of not just generation just of all time like he's gonna go down as you look at the franchise he's a great is incredible yet i didn't really i enjoyed scream 4 enough and i've revisited it a few times and it just never really clicked with me and i feel that was kind of the same because if you look at the box office it's so funny that it's this scream has made in four days is going to make pretty much what the last screen made in its entire domestic run. And this is during a pandemic. So I don't know if that is just better word of mouth, if it's just people wanting to go back to the movies, whatever it may be, it's impressive. And I think this movie does deserve for my early thoughts, but I was okay. I'm ready for not a layup, but I just, if, if there's an ending to scream and you know, whatever be, I'm not trying to be too spoiler, but if it's like, you want to put a, stamp mark on the franchise i just didn't feel like four was it you know i feel like a little to be desired i hated the filter they use for everything looked very glossy and like kind of shiny or something so with four as somebody that didn't really enjoy that okay i'm excited for that and to me the biggest selling point and i hope this happens this does happen already but i hope this happens in the future with a nightmare on elm street eventually stuff like that um taylor and i loved ready or not we didn't do a review because we saw it at different times i think when ready or not came out logan my second child was, was being born about to so i wasn't really seeing many movies because i didn't want to risk getting a call in the theater like hey it's baby time saw it later samara weaving's great movies great so okay this has a lot of potential returning cast is coming back and this movie all i can say is it is a love letter to the scream franchise 
I have little cons about this movie. I think there's some actors or actresses that are lesser than some of the other people in the cast. There may be a few moments where I go, oh, this didn't really play or a joke that didn't hit. But overall, this is a very, very satisfying movie. And this is one of the best things where I compare it. And it's funny because this movie brings it up. And here's like a like a very non-spoilery kind of take on or like minor spoilers. A big hit about this is or a big theme about this movie is what is a re a rebuquel or a re-sequel, re whatever it may be. And it's the kind of creation of what's happened of the reboot and the sequel coming together where it's starting a film franchise on a fresh new path but incorporating what came before it and what the fans love about it and we'll get into it because they have lots of great examples and lots of very fun dialogue and it feels very I don't like these tweets other than if you knew the person personally or you're a family member I don't like critics or fans being like you would you made Wes proud it's like, yeah, okay, like because <laughs> we all like the movie. I do feel that it fits right in with the screams. It doesn't feel like it missed a beat. There's like a, a few little changes where it's like, okay, this feels like a different director and has their touch, but it doesn't to the extent where, oh, it feels like such a radical jump. It fits in that world. So I don't want to say Wes was proud because I don't know Wes. I'm not going to say, like, we would have had to have him see the movie and go, oh, yeah, I really like this movie. So I think it's a weird sentiment for people that don't know Wes, but like, we, they made him proud. I think for the fans, they made proud, or what fans would want, or at least myself. I think it is. They talk about this. They talk about Star Wars and Force Awakens. This feels exactly what I love about Force Awakens, where, yes, Force Awakens has elements of a, what I've always said, a cover song, right? It definitely has echoes to some of the original trilogy movies. But for me, it's the spins on them, the new characters. And I think there is so much more. Like, I know that's always a big argument with Force Awakens, but. There's so much new stuff and great stuff in it that I can be like, it stands on its own. And it's funny, in these movies they talk about the sequels, and the sequels, I feel, are very mixed. But Force Awakens does a great job of cut, like capturing the magic of the original but creating something new, and that's exactly what this one does. The original returning characters are used great. I think there's a few, like I said, um, minor acting choices I have when it comes to our newer characters, but I think that's all done great. There's a few little beats here where I go, oh, I'm kind of... Don't know why we went that route, but that's fine. You know, it doesn't take the movie down overall. They're all, for the most part, likable or interesting characters in the sense of, like, they're not too tropey. And if they are, they're kind of lampshading it and dressing the tropes, which is done in a fun way. And it's a love letter as far as not only is it a good movie, not only does it refer back to it's not just, oh, look, we got Sidney Prescott. It has characters that are all riddled throughout the original series that are maybe just have one or two scenes and they acknowledge them. There's one in particular that I was, I love that they did it, but I'm really mad they didn't do anything more. Because if you know me, I've been shouting this out on Twitter and in our Geek First kind of reviews for this movie, which was great too, because I'd only seen the one trailer. I know they put out like the final trailer two days before the movie came out. I, we don't do those on Geekverse. We don't talk about the final trailer two days before the movie. Like, no, we're, we're this close. It's fine. Um, so what it does is just like taking little aspects from the original movies and putting in them, putting them into this. And it feels just like a love letter. It feels, I don't want to say this. It don't get your expectations this high. But it feels kind of like No Way Home, where it's just like, man, all the watching of these movies has paid off, and they give little fan service to little things where you you weren't even expecting that to happen. And the pitch of the idea is really cool that you've seen in the trailers is the killers going after people related to the original movie, whether they're victims or the killers. That's really fun. There's one very interesting um, we learn about it in a very exposition-filled way, but it's done really well. 
uh, score is really, really good. And I was impressed because not that I would count them out. I actually, no, I might be wrong. I got to check because, let's see, Scream Score. Because I feel like they have a pretty similar name. Because I, maybe I was wrong because I felt that the score of Scream, this one, was done by someone new. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, no, it's the same guy. But now I'm starting to think that... Um, now I'm starting to think I was wrong in this shit. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure who did it was Brian Tyler. Uh, let's see. Screen the motion picture. Uh, I'm going to do a quick Spotify here. Uh, Red Right Hand was back, which was used very well. I guess I shouldn't have said that. That was maybe my spot. But they have lots of very fun fan service moments that I think you will appreciate. Of course, I'm not Brian Tyler. Because I think Brian Tyler, he's the guy that did the score for um, Guardians and stuff like that. Now, I may be completely wrong here, but I, I have to say it because I don't want to praise the wrong person. I really don't. So the music originally... So I was originally right. Let's see. Smarkle Blatrami did the original Scream, and he has, like, some really cool... Um, he did Phantom? <laughs> I'm just going through everything right now. Like uh, he had some really cool sound pieces and kind of unique noises in the original. At least the first one. I'm not sure if he did the other two. I'm about to find that right now. But in the original, he had some very unsettling noises, just like screech or nails on a chalkboard. So he did scream one, two, and three. Okay. So then, and he didn't do. So Brian Tyler, I'm pretty sure, is the guy that did Guardians and stuff like that. Brian Tyler knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah, and then this guy did Scream 4, so he didn't get the callback for Scream 1. But I don't think that's a bad thing. He did the four Screams, and he just did Fear Street this year, which was really good, too. Anyways, Brian Tyler fucking nails it. It reminds me very similar of the Halloween score that we got in the newest Jamie Lee one, not Halloween Kills, the one before that, where it was this great combo of, hey, we're using original beats, we're using original notes, but then we're spicing it with a, you know, a little new here. Or it felt like a lot more jagged or violent or had an edge to it, which the original one already has that. But a big, definitely Golden Geeks of next year, I'll be showing that out as far as like the score, really, really good. And kind of transitioning into the score, what they do with Ghostface and no spoilers whatsoever, um... I feel it's interesting, right? Because Ghostface is always a different person. First one, it's, you know, uh, Billy and Stu. Second one, it's uh, Billy's mom and uh, uh, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Or Mickey. Mickey, by, played by the great Timothy Oliphant. Uh, number three, Scott Foley, who is just Sid's brother. What's that? when we sort of get really into oof territory. And then four, it was Emma Roberts and one of the Culkins there. And it was, that's another, like, eh, this is a little cheesy. I will say, I'm not going to say anything, the reveal of Ghostface to me is very satisfying. They, It's done in a really good way, and I like how it's all tied together. Um, especially there's one element I really like. Um, there's something about Ghostface. I feel like they gave him... He was... I, it's weird to say he was a bit more... Um, intimidating because it's always intimidating this guy and a ghost face and he has a mask and he's killing and stabbing people but i feel like in the sequels they got very glorified and it was more about like okay we got to make this gruesome kill there's a couple of those in these modes but there's just times where he's stalking or the way they have ghost face move 
it felt different, which is good because I feel sometimes they don't really. It's just, hey, we got any guy in a ghost face mask chasing after someone. It feels like there was some thought and care put into this. Just little movements throughout. There's little, whether that was the actor doing that or whether that was the directors and screenwriters. There's just one, you know, and this is Meyer spoiler again. It's, I'm not going to get too bad. Someone gets killed. Big shocker. By Ghostface. Big shocker. And there's a moment where their body is like sliding down a wall and Ghostface has him and he's kind of going with them. And he's like just kind of like twitching his head and kind of looking. And he's almost just like, he's like in, in awe of this body like dying in front. Like it's weird, but it works. And it works especially because this one, it, <laughs> not to sound cheesy, like it feels personal this time, but it even is more personal as far as, okay, he's going after people who have been connected to this one way or another. So like I said, for my last non-spoiler thoughts, love letter to Scream fans. I think it knocks out of the park for that. I do want to see more. If not, this would be a satisfying ending, but it does kind of to me go on a path where, okay, there's new characters I would like to see continue. Um, as far as a, a ranking, I think it's, I, I usually have one scream one's always number one far ahead. I think this would either be two or three. I need more time to settle on it. So I'm not going to do a sulfide one. So I'd say scream one's one, two is two. Uh, this is three. If anything, it could go to two and then it goes three and four. Cause four, I, I really like some of the ideas, but I think they kind of stumble along the way. So yeah, those are my non-spoiler thoughts for Scream, which, you know, I'll mention the title in the spoilers and go from there. So uh, after this, we're going to take an ad break and then you'll get in the spoilers. So if you've not seen the movie, tune out, go see it. Let me know what you thought. So we will be right back. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. So, spoilers. We're going to talk about who the killer is, who get killed, callbacks, cameos, all this stuff. But let's start with one thing and talk about how smart this movie is or how clever it is. It's fun. So if you have been listening, I have hated this happened with Halloween and this happened with this movie. How this movie is called Scream. No Scream colon, no Scream 5, whatever it may be, Scream. And I just find it stupid because, like, oh, we have two movies called Scream. They're making a new – the Stab 8 in this universe was just called Stab. And they have this moment where there's, like, you know, Hollywood podcasts or something talking about, like, oh, it's so stupid. Like, we know it's Stab 8. You can't fool any of us. And that's this way throughout the, like any problem, not problems, but any like, ah, oh, that's kind of, you know, I don't like this trope that horror movies are doing or movies are doing in general. They call this out. And that's the biggest thing, which I guess we're going to get into the killers first because that's what we're all here for, right? Um, the killers and the motivation. So you meet all these characters. You have the returning ones. We'll talk about them in a bit. You meet uh, a character who is related to Billy Loomis. Now, I don't know the timeline on all this. Well, excuse me. I don't know the timeline. All this. It is apparently Billy's daughter. He was having some sort of affair with somebody who had a boyfriend. She got pregnant. They left. She told the boyfriend the kid was hers, and um, that's part of this mystery. Ah, I, I guess I kind of do have to describe the main cast before I get into some things here. But either way, what I was going to quickly say is this movie has a lot to do with, as usual movies as far as horror movies but it really tackles the genre of reboots and sequels but more so just fandom and toxicity now i think as a ga member you'll still enjoy this you'll you'll understand what they're going for but i said this on the vodka stream where i think if you're in this bubble where you're in our discord we talk about these rumors and chats and you see how people get mad about a star wars thing or you know the kathleen kennedy red eye video or dc you know oh this batgirl and supergirl they're gonna ruin the dcu or peacemaker this isn't our dc stuff like that when we are on social media and see that type of stuff this movie hits home a lot more as far as enjoyability because it, you laugh and they play a lot on that. They play a lot on toxic fandom and that's what the motivation is towards the killers. And I'll get back to that in this point later on, but I really enjoyed it that the whole thing is they feel that their films have been disrespected. And the reason they feel is because there's a few stab movies made after the real life events, but the rest are all just made up. They're just cash grabs. And they even have this great joke where Stab 8 was directed by the guy who did Knives Out. Clearly Ryan Johnson. And they're like, we just want to be respected. We don't need social commentary. We don't need to be made fun of. We don't need to be told we're bad fans because we want something and don't get it. And every kind of whiny person, and we've all done this, right? Whether it's us at Geek First doing it facetiously or other it's times like, 
hey, for a moment you really go, okay, biggest example for me. I think I've definitely moved past it. Go to Suicide Squad Air when the Joker is coming out. I was the hashtag not my Joker guy. Even with Ben Affleck's Batman, which I enjoy the performance, like, I'm not my Batman. Nowadays, I don't really care. And then even after that experience, I started to learn, okay, yeah, I don't care because just, yeah, there's just different versions of the character. This is the way it is. But for me, as some of that hated Jared Leto's Joker. Now, I don't need to be that guy who's tweets about it every day, tweets at Jared Leto, is obsessed with it. But we know those people. We know those people where there's certain franchises or genres or directors where their entire personality is just around that thing, right? For the amount of times people tweet, you go, what? Just talk about something else or just don't be so upset. Like they're just fictional characters, as Ben Affleck says, right? In, uh, in uh, Mall Rats. You know, it's just. It, they it, it you shake your head and you go, ah, this is just so silly. And that's the best thing about Scream is they make it silly now. That becomes the motive of the killers because they decide we're gonna make our own movie and how do we do that? Well, if we want a new if they we want a new stab movie and we want it to go the way we want and I want it to redeem the franchise, well, they have to base it on real life, but there's no killers. Well, what if we're the killers? <laughs> and it's kind of similar. I feel like it's a better version of forward. Not exactly because they don't want it for fame. Their whole motivation is we want the movies to be better. We want respect back to the staff franchise. So let's make this real life movie Four kind of hit on that too. As far as we're making our own new movie, we want fame and it got a little cheesy. I like Emma Roberts. I think that was a miscast for her. It was a fun twist, but I also didn't need one of Sydney's family members being a killer and stuff like that. That's Scream 4. Maybe we'll talk about one day. But with this movie, everything you've heard and you just think is silly and roll your eyes out, they they play that off. And they don't play it, if, like I said, it is in a serious way. But they have lots of fun with it. And they have so much fun with it to the point where you go, and I had this a while back ago. I can't remember can't remember what happened it was something on twitter where i was talking with someone and there was like a twitter argument and i talked to chris balga from marvel alliance and i just said you know what? i'm i'm retiring from this and i didn't even respond to that person i think i just dropped a gift and that's all you know if people see my twitter account and you see me dropping gifts that means this person wants to argue and i just want to annoy them a little bit and then i move on because it really isn't worth it and anytime anytime you might have a legitimate issue with somebody always private message them talk to that way much better or two Anytime I've had something where, because with text, you can't understand sarcasm, things like that. If you talk to them in person on a podcast, no problem at all. It's fixed because you get people's point of view. So I was always, it's like I've said before, Chris, like, oh, I'm retired. So now it was already silly to me at this point, but this movie was even more so just fun, like fun shining a light on and be like, yeah, this stuff is just dumb when you hear people talking about it. And you just go, you know, the whole expression of touching grass. That's what these main characters needed. But unfortunately, they went on a killing spree. But before we reveal who that is, which... I didn't even write down when I took my first ad break, so now more work for me. My goodness. That's why I head over to Patreon. Ad-free, exclusive, early. Helps us out. Uh, anyways, so you have one character, as I was talking about, that has a uh, connection to Billy Loomis. She is Billy Loomis's daughter. Now, this movie opens up now very fun because there's a lot of callbacks and a lot of, you know, not copying, but very similar to the original movie. Uh, it opens up with the classic phone scene, kill scene. You have a you know young starlet who's getting set up, and she is killed. She is not killed this time. It is a double cool thing because, one, you expect them to die. She doesn't die. So it's like, okay, cool. They changed it on its head. You know, they didn't get us what we were expecting. And, two, it's for a story reason. It's because the killer needed her sister, who was her main character. I should pull up their names because I'm not that a 
familiar with them yet because I just saw the movie. I remember, oh, what was, I can't remember one movie we saw and we didn't know the character's name. They're like, you didn't fully understand the movie if you didn't see these characters, if you don't remember these characters' name, you shouldn't be reviewing it. <laughs> it was this like this whole thing. And uh, again, talk about toxic fandoms and people being really weird about movies. That was that type of experience. But anyway, so the character of, of course, the original cast gets top billing. Sam, right. Sam Carpenter. And this movie is filled with little references like that. Sam Carpenter. There's a character named Wes. You know, so she is dating Jack Quaid from The Boys. She gets this call. Hey, your sister's been stabbed a bunch. She's alive. So at first it's just, oh, cool. They turn it on its head. But then later on you reveal, okay, this, the killer did that because they wanted to get her back to Westboro because she has some sort of connection to Westboro. Um, she is Billy Loomis's daughter. We get awesome, awesome stuff of a de-aged ski or doing new scenes of being like a ghost. Like if you've seen Dexter, like ghost Harry, he's ghost Billy. He has like three or four, but it's fun. I think I like, I really like ski Ulrich. He's the world's greatest actor. No, but I've always really liked the vibe of that character. I just always enjoyed him. I really liked blue, uh, Bloomis, uh, Billy Loomis, uh, and Stu Decker. Those two were they're the first but it's still they just had something really special about them being killers that you could never really top i do really really like billy's mom in the second one because i think it's great motivation it fits that story completely so that's why i always give to uh you know uh a bit more of an edge mickey's just there for a good trial right it's all about the trial um so she is his daughter like i said there's some timeline and this is where i said one of my negatives are is she goes to the hospital. We'll talk about the other characters. But at one moment, she has to explain what's going on and why she thinks this killing's happening. And she just lays out everything to her sister that she found her mom's diary and she went to confront her. And then while she was confronting her, dad was in the next room and overheard it. And she didn't know that, or he didn't know that Sam was not his daughter. And he left, so I left. It's stuff that, like, you do have to put this in here because these are new characters. And you got to get some idea of why Sam and, oh, it's Jenny Ortega. Who is that character? Um... What is her name? Tara Carpenter. You get this idea of, okay, they're estranged. They talk very little. So you have to set that up as far as it's not a super long movie. Tons of characters, returning characters. How do we do this? And unfortunately, the scene is, you know, fucking Spider-Man Far From Home where Jake Gyllenhaal stands on the table like, I'm going to lay out everything for you and go, okay, this is the best way to do it, but let's do it. And that's where it's a little clunky, but it's fine. But they reveal, again, timelines I'll look up after that. She is Billy Loomis's daughter, and she has visions. And it's great that Ski's all, all works back. I don't understand how she knows how he sounds, what he looks like, because he looks legitimately like the last time we see him in Scream 1, where he has the cut-up shirt, he's bloody, he has the wet hair hanging down, everything like that. She sees this, I guess just because she's seen the stab boobies. But it comes off of, like, this doesn't make much sense. But I'm going to roll with it because I'm happy Skeet's here. And they kind of play off of like, wow, she's mentally disturbed, right? I never once thought she was a killer except for, okay, sorry. I only thought she may be the killer one time, and it's gone very quickly, is she gets attacked in the hospital and no one else sees it. And I was waiting, okay, what happens the next time? And the next time they do a, a scene where they completely dictate or um, go against that, contradict that she's the killer. So it's like, okay, clearly... It's not her. I think you could have played, and I'm not trying to say, oh, my idea is better. I'm just saying they could have played with that a little longer because I think they were trying to propose that she was the killer, but they just showed too many things right where she's not. Like I said, that first hospital scene is she gets attacked in a hospital while visiting her sister. A cop runs the room. Ghostface is gone. Nowhere to be found. It's like, oh, well, that's why we could believe it maybe. It's because 
you know, people are getting killed and we'd go, oh, Ghostface attacked her, but it's just in her mind. But again, they kill that very quickly and that's fine. After I, I knew who the killers are, I didn't know the motivation of it, but I, I had a very good idea and I'll get to them why. Um, so we meet Tara. She's uh, played by a great Jenny Ortega. She, ever since you, I think I probably said that in the season two, you review, like she's going to be a big star and she's in this, she's in um, oh, the babysitter killer, whatever that is, uh, or the babysitter too. She's going to be Wednesday Adams in the Wednesday series. She's just getting more and more popular. She's one of those actresses where she's so young and you look at her age and you go, man, she just has the fundamentals of being a great performer already. So she, I, I wish, and I try not to say this because I don't want to beg on actors. I wish she was the main character in the movie. It's fine that she's not. I think the actress who plays Sam is fine, but I think she, other than one character, is probably the weakest out of the whole new cast. And that's tough because she has the most screen time. She's our main character. And I... I liked her because of her connections to the other characters and her sister, but I, I thought her performance was like a little bit lacking. Not bad, not anything, but she's no Sydney. She's no, even what Tara was, you know, even I'd say where Emma Roberts, I don't think she fit the killer, but when they're in Scream 4 trying to set her up as she'll be the new damsel in distress, that kind of worked out, you know, damsel in distress who turns badass. But so I thought she was serviceable, but nothing too amazing. As I said, she's a boyfriend, Jack Wade. They go down to Westboro. They meet her friends, who's played by, like, Dylan Minette or whatever, who's the guy who, in 13 Reasons and all the stuff, who just never ages. And he's going to be playing high schooler for the rest of his life. A uh, bunch of people in here. I'm not going to list their actor's name. You just go to fucking IMDb, right? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, a pair of twins. They are revealed to be um, Randy, the film geek who is, like, one of the fan favorites of Scream. Uh, they're his n- uh, niece and nephew. Uh, the sister gets a cameo on this, which is great because she just had one scene in Scream 3, and they bring that back. They brought Sheriff Judy back, which is great because, yeah, she was just in the last movie, but a lot of things don't – a lot of movies don't do that. They just drop them. Oh, this is what I love and hate, and it's fine because it's probably a real-life thing, a money thing, but this is why I will still throw in bone that I love. In Scream 4, Scream 3 ends with – Sid can't connect with anybody other than the people she knows. She's off alone. She connects with Mark Kincaid, played by the very sexy and handsome Patrick Dempsey. I loved him in that movie. He's just a very, like, he's very, you know, stoic and creepy. Because they kind of make it that, like, he might be the killer. But it's just, like, he has a dark past like Sydney, and they connect. They end up, like, dating, and he's at his home, at her home eating popcorn. Scream for it, not a single thing's mentioned about him. So, I went, okay. Like, I was talking about, oh, it just ended. That sucks. This movie, and I don't know if this was out there or not, it's revealed that she has kids. She has two girls. Well, I think she says girls, but it's plural, but I'm just going to assume it's two girls. And it's Dewey calls when the killings start and just says, hey, there's this situation going on. And, you know, she he asks her if he has a gun. I'm like, oh, of course, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott, which is a great line. And just says, oh, well, I, I would love to keep talking, but I got to get back to Mark. And the got to get the girls to Mark. And I was like, oh, my God. My heart, like, sunk in a good way. I was like, man, they did it. They canonized it that her and Mark, her and Patrick Dempsey stuck together. And I've been asking for Patrick Dempsey to be in these movies ever since they started doing them again. Because it's just – that's why I think it's a money thing because Patrick Dempsey was in Scream 3. Patrick Dempsey wasn't a nobody, but he wasn't McDreamy. He wasn't Mr. Grey's Anatomy. He wasn't Enchanted. So the fact when Scream 4 rolled around and they didn't, they had like another big star at their grass, they didn't use him. I thought, that's weird. And they just kind of almost wrote it off. So I went, okay, I guess so. And then Scream 5, I didn't expect a reference at all. When I saw her with kids, I was like, oh, come on, please say Mark. And she did. 
uh, but Mark and Kate does not appear in this movie. <laughs> um, I was really hoping for a quick cameo. I, I, I bet it must be a budget thing where they just go, ah, we just don't want to pay him for that much. But I really hope if we get a Scream 6 that Mark and Kate is back. Because I I really... I. I would like to see those actors together. Like I said, that would help the box office even more. And hopefully this being a bigger box office, they're going to say, hey, Patrick Dempsey, like, let's do this. And I'm would, lo- i I'm a huge Patrick Dempsey fan. So I love that they canonized it, that they had. She never said Mark and Cade, so it could be another Mark. But I'm going to assume that she's married and has kids with Mark. Very cool. Very, very just, just that's love letter fan, like scream fan stuff. Um... So, like I said, lots of references. You got the twins there. You have this girl named, oh, what is her? Uh, Amber, who's not related to anybody. You have Liv McKenzie, who's dating the male twin and stuff. You have this other character, Vince, who's like a bully scumbag, who's related to the Deckers. Um, Yeah, and then from there, people start getting killed, sliced and diced, and, you know, the Scream Forte is like, who is it? Who done it, you know? Um. Before we get to that, we meet Dewey. Dewey is in the old man Dewey form. You know, he is depressed. They broke him and Gail up, which I... So here's the thing. I think it's kind of a tired trope, but it does work in this movie given the ending that Dewey does get. Again, we're in spoilers. Um, The biggest trope... Uh, I get, I'll save that. There's one bigger trope that I didn't really want, but we went from Scream 1 that, oh, they're a couple, and then Scream 2, okay, they're not a couple. Oh, but they're a couple at the end. And then Scream 3, uh, they tried being a couple. She lived, you know, she they moved to Westboro, and, you know, she left. And then Scream 4, they're married, and she's in Westboro, and it's working out, and I guess they, they were in a my-turn system where he was going to go to Hollywood with her, and it didn't work out, and he just packed up and left because he felt like he couldn't cut, and he was disappointing her. So again, in Scream 5, they are divorced or separated and broken up, and they haven't really talked that much. And again, it's, it's fine because I, one thing, I didn't like it when they pitched it in the movie. It's like, okay, we've done this so much, the will-they-won't-they, they, the on-again-off-again. But what I did like is, and it does kind of fit with the original franchise where she shows up in back in Westboro and they start talking because uh, Judy gets killed, Deputy Judy and her son, played by uh, Mr., um, I don't know, Clay from 13 Reasons Why. And a scene that I, I really liked, you know, she she's going to work, she gets a call from a killer, turn around or your son's going to die. And then when she's running up to her home without a gun, didn't understand, she's a sheriff. Her son's life is at risk. Didn't run up there with a gun. Okay. Uh, Ghostface kills her. And then later on, Ghostface kills um, Wes, that's this character, on the other side of the door. This is the kill I was referring to. Really cool. He's sliding down. Ghostface is really like, examining him stuff. I found it very odd for emotional beat, and especially this guy, Dylan, can act pretty well. He never opens the door and sees his mom dead. So literally, she's just on the other side. I thought that was a missed opportunity. But either way, so Dewey at first was set up as like, I don't want to help. I've been stabbed so many times. I'm done with this. Uh, they asked him for advice. Uh, Sam, the boyfriend, he says, like, okay, first look at the boyfriend. Don't trust him. Friends group, it's someone that's probably them. And then it's, I can't remember what the third rule was. But he lays it the whole movie, and he may or may not be right. Um, and the friends group was into Tara's friends group. Judy dies. They go there. And I feel like they <laughs> like... There's a few times this happens where our main character, Sam and Gail, are having this interaction about Judy's death, and it does not feel that serious. It doesn't feel like she just died and her son just died, especially because they established that Sam, when she goes to see her sister to the hospital, she's hugging these kids. She's like, oh, I used to babysit all these kids. I love them. 
Wes's dad over there, and not that she had to be a wreck, but she didn't feel like she was phased at all. It felt like, okay, these random people got killed, and it was by ghost sites. That's why we're here. This was the mom, who she had a bad relation with, but still, Gail knew Judy. Um, they were, you know, antagonists in the last movie, but they still liked each other. And then they said Wes's dad, and it's just very nonchalant. And they do this later on, too, where Tara was stabbed. Her and, uh, oh, what was Jack Quaid's name here. He plays the boyfriend. Uh, Ricky? Is it Richie? Let's just go with Jack Quaid. <laughs> I think it's Richie. It is Richie. So they're driving. Sister's been stabbed. They have this big scene where, oh my God, she's really upset. I'm going to go with you. We'll leave work. La da la la. They're driving. Now, I'm not saying like everyone deals with traumatic experiences in a different way, but they start talking about stab movies and the lore of it and all these things. And the way they're talking, again, and I think this is a uh, maybe the actress's choice, but definitely some writing because I feel like Jack Quaid's pretty good and he could play the scene and they don't have him do it. It doesn't feel like her sister just got stabbed. They're very joking. They're She's not really that nervous at all. And, yes, yeah, she got the confirm like she's going to be okay, just get down here. But still just – it's not in the fact of – it's not like, okay, she had a car accident and she's going to be okay. I'm going to drive into the sea. This is someone attacked her and stabbed her. They, they, I think they say like, like somewhere from five times – like. It was a lot, <laughs> and it just felt there was, and that's where I was worried for the movie. It reels back, but there's a few times where the stakes weren't there. It felt like they were too busy trying to set up character motivations or plot, and they didn't want to let us sit with some moments. But anyways, Dewey's there. <laughs> Getting back to where we are with Gail here, and then I'll take it probably an ad break. They're talking, and how I end up liking the trope of I don't want them to break up Dewey and Gail because we've done this before. They did it. It's like, okay. Let's, let's see how this goes. They pitched that they pretty much they love each other and they were in love with each other, but they should have known from day one it was just never gonna work because they have different lifestyles. She hated being in Woodsboro and he hated being in the Los Angeles, New York system. And that's the same thing. It's like a La La Land thing where it's like either they could have been together, but they would be less of themselves because they couldn't have their careers, or they could go and have their careers, but they couldn't be together. And when they kind of phrase it like that, I went, you know what? This is maybe fitting in why it works for them to be divorced here. I was not down with it to begin with, but then the idea worked on me as far as their writing goes and it worked and worked and worked. And finally to accept it. Okay. It's fine. And the reason it overall gives a pass for me is because what happens to Dewey. Um, David Arquette is great in this movie. I feel like David Arquette is great in every screen movie. It's funny because I feel his acting abilities in these screen movies do not transfer to his other roles in his career. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but it always feels like in this movie, you feel like, oh, this guy's like really good. He should be in more stuff. And you see that there's more stuff. Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's all right. But he, like the whole, like I said, old man Dewey, he's depressed, down his luck, definitely not on his A game. He's very sad because he doesn't even talk to Gail. Um, he doesn't even know what she's doing. He talks to Sydney here and there. He just lives in a trailer by himself. He watches the like the news report with Gail. So it's a sad existence. Uh, they give him some great redemption moments, but David Arquette just kills it, no pun intended. And I really like the story because, again, when I go, okay, well, do it. If we're going down this route, oh, Dewey and Gale, they're going to end up back together. I kind of felt that if one of the OG members are going to go down, it's going to be Dewey because we he is this tortured soul. And we probably care the most about him, I think. I think screen fans just have a soft spot for Dewey. And, uh, yeah, he meets his end pretty brutally. He saves the kids. It's kind of in a dumb way. He saves the kids. He shoots Ghostface. Ghostface falls. They reveal he has a bulletproof vest. 
but he goes back. He's like, I got to shoot them in the head. Like, it's something I need to do. And the elevator closes and he lets the kids go and they're all mad. Like, no, dude, don't. Great acting by a cat here. It's all good. But even then, like, he has to get, he's loading up his gun and he has to get so close to the head. Now, of course, you want to headshot the guy and get him down. But I feel like Dewey is showing he's a good enough shot. He could have shot him from afar. It was a, it was a silly scene. But it also just kind of felt like Dewey almost not wanted to die, but knew, like, this time I, like, I'm falling on the sword and he dies in a brutal way. He literally gets like gutted. Yeah. And I love it. They, I think they lifted the, this line from the trailers. They used Ghostface saying this and it's an honor, but he says it's an honor to this guy. And the reason he says it's an honor because they are fans of Dewey and Gail and Sydney. And we're going to talk about that. Why after this ad break, it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So, yeah, the reason they would be fans is because, like we referred to earlier, right? Sorry, just got a little wet the whistle there. The killers are people that are fandom toxic people obsessed with these movies in this world. 
It's revealed to be Amber, and it's revealed to be Richie. Yeah, I'm just saying it just like that. Rich is the boyfriend. He did the Stu Mocker, or sorry, the Billy Loomis thing. Uh, Dewey calls out, and that's where it's great. At one point, say, like, yeah, Dewey at the beginning of the movie, like, he had it completely right. You should just listen to him. And that was a fun moment to give Dewey. Like, yeah, he, he knew his shit. Um, that's where – so it, it's interesting because the whole movie <sighs> – I love it and not don't love it, but it's like the same way as Force Awakens, Star Killer Base. It's a new Death Star. The last set piece of this movie is a party at the house of uh, Stu Decker's parents, but it's a house that's being redone. It's not the same, but it's the house. It's the same plot, it's the same land. Uh, so it's the same thing as like that equivalent, right? You have OG characters coming back, and you also have the boyfriend being the villain again. They're on purpose in the story trying to make these certain things happen because they think the great story of Stab is this is the daughter of Billy Loomis who came back to kill Sydney, who killed her father and all these other people, right? And it does sound all good on paper. It being the boyfriend is obviously something we've done before, but it felt like it was fine to do it here. Now, with Starkiller Base, I don't feel it was fine. But there's other things that I feel is fine with Force Awakens where I go, okay, this is similar to 4, but I think it works. Most of the stuff works here. It being the classic house works here. Like Halloween did that. That's just a trope. You know, you go back to where it all began. And I like that. The last shot of the movie is pretty much the last shot of the first movie. I like that stuff. It's tributing. It's making this world feel whole. And that's what these characters, it's different too in Star Wars where it, it is history repeating itself, but sometimes it's a little too coincidental where this is literally the characters have their, their motivations are, no, we wanted to be in the same house. Like, they are actively trying to make it like the same movie in a way. It's a rebrugal, right? So, rebrugal? There we go. Um, So, I think that makes it work. It's kind of lampshading, but it makes it work. They met on some soft forum, or soft forum, <laughs> that's me going to my saw retros. They met on some staff forums, and Richie decides, okay, he's going to befriend Aunt, or he's going to befriend Sam, become her boyfriend, yada, yada, yada. He says it's easy because she's messed up, so pretty much is implying that she can't hold a relationship. And then Amber, she is the one friend that was really connected to nobody. You had that one girlfriend with one of the Randy twins, like the the nephew. I'll pull him up because I liked him. He's like the jock guy. I liked all the new characters. Like I said, the main character thought was a little lacking and Liv was a little lacking as well. She is the girlfriend of Chad Meeks Martin, but Again, it you could say the whole movie is lampshading, and you can look it up, and sometimes it, that's used as a way to get away with stuff. But this movie is very self-referential, self and she even says, like, I'm probably the killer because I'm the boring one. I have nothing going on. I have no character development. And that's where you go, okay, did they just write that because they looked at this way? Oh, we don't have anything for character, or did they put this character in because, like, you know, we want this to be the boring character. We want her to shout this out because, yeah, that could be it. So you never know, and that's a fun thing with this movie. Um but other than her being the girlfriend, Amber, and that's why I knew, okay, Amber is, there's, there was, they didn't give us a reason of, like, why is she in this group other than to be the killer, and she was the killer. Especially when they get to the house and they go, oh, the killer made it so we had to get to this house because uh, Tara needed her, you know, uh, oh, why am I forgetting, um, inhaler, and only Amber has, a, like, a duplicate. So I was like, okay, that just confirmed it. My whole movie, I thought that, that confirmed it. Richie was back and forth with a few times, and they did good at the end because at one moment they get down to the basement, and she, um, she pronouns pal, um, Sam leaves him in there, and it looked like that turn was coming, and she leaves him in there, and I was like, oh, 
maybe there's a chance he's not, but then magically he's upstairs in the other room. Okay, this is it. Where I was pretty convinced he was the killer was there's this moment, and it's very similar to Scream 4, where I can't remember, I think it's Kieran Culkin that's the killer. And this one was done better because it was subtle, but I still picked up. When Sydney meets Kieran Culkin, he just like fanboys, like, oh, I just love you. Like, I'm a big fan of you, Sydney. And that's like, okay, this guy's a killer. This was a similar thing that when there's a moment where Sydney finally comes to Westboro, she's like, I'm never going there. Dewey's killed. Gail's at her lowest. They prop each other up and say, we're going to kill this fucker. And that's pretty much their whole plot is we're going to kill this fucker. Okay, cool. They're there to give some guidance to our characters. They have some good scenes. Uh, very similar to like Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and Force Awakens. Very, much less screen time, but kind of acting in that same role. Dewey's doing the Harrison Ford thing. She's my Gail, like Gail and Sydney are the combination of a Princess Laird, in my opinion. Um, so they have some scenes, they're both great. Nev Campbell, like Courtney Cox, great, but Nev Campbell, I think, has never got enough credit for how good she really is in these movies and everything else. So there's a moment where, after the hospital, they decide Tara, Richie, and Sam, we're gonna fuck out of here, we're gonna do what people don't do in these movies and leave town. Awesome, great, that's fun talking about the trope. Later on, it's revealed Richie took the uh, breathalyzer, not breathalyzer, what am I, the puffer. So they had to go to Tara's house, the big Stu Decker house. And Stu, is it Stu Decker or Stu Mocker? Casey, Casey Decker, Stu Mocker. That's what it was. I'm mixing up the names. So sorry, Scream fans. There's a moment when they're getting in the car to drive away. Sydney's like, pops her head down and says hi to Richie. And he acts in a very awkward way. Like, oh, I've had, and he look, looks around like, we got to go. They do it in a great way because it's kind of off the side. Other characters are getting in the car. So almost like your view gets like obstructed of him a little bit. It's not made a lot like the Kieran Culkin was a little zooming like, I'm a big fan. But this was enough where I was like, okay, that's it. Now, again, later in the final act, I go, oh, maybe it's not him. Maybe I'm wrong. But that was the cementing of, okay, this guy, he's acting weird around City. It's because he's a fan. So, again, that's where this one feels similar to 4 in some vein. But it's a better version of 4. So I really appreciate that. It's a better close the franchise. Um, some fun moments of like the, uh, what's his name here? Uh, Chad. Yeah. With his girlfriend, they make a big deal that they're virgin. They want to sleep together, but they're waiting for the right moment. She feels this is the right moment. He says he won't do it because he's worried like she could be the killer. Uh, the female, what was her name of the nieces? Uh, Mindy Meeks. She is pretty much just Randy where the other guy's the jock. She's the film nerd. She explains rebrucal, all these deals and stuff like that. She has like these fun little scenes with her girlfriend and like trying to make out and like get it on. They recreate again, much like uh, Force Awakens and the New Hope. They create the she's watching stab where the movie Randy's saying, oh, there's a guy behind you. And she's like, there's a guy behind you. And she looks and it's ghost face. So it's kind of like in a way where she, you know got better than her uncle and figured out a way to do it. So there's throughout the movie, it's riddled with all fun moments, callbacks. I don't think there's too many. I think it's just the right amount. If I watch it again, maybe I'll feel differently. And if there is too many, it's like one or two. It's not a lot. All the characters I think are likable. I really like Tara. She's, I love that she didn't die. And this is one scene where Ghostface is just dragging her down in the hospital. This hospital has nobody, not a single soul other than just her. And it's great. It's slow. She, her hand got cut and she's wheeling the wheelchair, but her hand, like her cuts opening up and she's not strong. Really great. Um, there's lots of like fun stuff they've used with technology of you saw in the trailers where, you know, Tara like locks the doors and she unlocks the door or Ghostface like unlocks the doors. And that was the other thing when they show this video, of Ghostface says, oh, you got to play this game or I'm going to kill Amber. That's like, okay, I'm already sus about Amber. And then once I learned there's nothing really about her other than, oh, she's a friend of the group. 
okay, then it, it you know, she lived in Stu Walker's house, but that's about it. So that was good. The whole kind of question about stab and how she cheats and looks at her phone to get the trivia. That's like a fun play. They do this thing where Ghostface tracks um, Chad Meeks because he has like a tracker on his phone. The girlfriend does. And you can just see like the phone getting closer and closer. That's fun. Um, yeah. Talk about Dewey's death scene. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Like, like I said, Gail and Sydney, I think they got there in the right amount. They are. It's if you're going in this thinking that it's their movie, it's not, but I think they, pass the baton on to the new cast um i will say it is it i think it's mikey how you say her name or maybe it's mickey either way she was in once upon a time in hollywood she plays uh, amber i think she is gonna say way so much Ortega. she is gonna be a big star because i've only seen her in two things and she steals the scene she's in when she gets to reveal she's the killer she plays this character in almost like a harley quinn like very high octane crazy and she does a fantastic job and it's so funny because she has a similar role i remember once upon a time in hollywood seeing her, like oh this girl stands out and she has a moment where she gets like set on fire and she's running around crazy same thing happens again in here where she gets set on fire and dies so it's funny that's this recurring thing uh they were dating and romantic and that was very much like okay this is like we've kind of seen this before and that was like the last movie where it's a couple and again i i think not this would be better but there'd be a little bit better if this fourth movie didn't exist because as someone that's not a big fan of it i think they kind of do again some of the tropes here even that was like covering like a reboot right and the don't fuck with the original and stuff like that they kind of do this joke a few times like oh well sydney's original still deal with her um again sydney i like she gives a bunch of knowledge like hey you'll you know sam asks like will i ever be done with this will i move past she's like eventually and she gives some good one-liners um right when richie's i love the way richie gets killed both of them really get killed because gail kills um uh amber for killing dewey and then i love anytime that mickey gets like or mikey or sorry amber is her character uh, gail or sydney in the final actually oh i didn't mean to i was pressured into it by people i'm a good person and then she'll try to take a swing liked her death really love richie's death as far as she he has sam pinned down and sam looks in the mirror see this was a little cheesy but still sees billy loomis drops a terrible he says something but like oh the rule of he's dropped some sort of film trope and she's like well i got a new rule for you don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer the delivery felt like it was quick but it felt so slow where it just felt like richie should just shoot her right in the middle of it you know like just kill her like it felt like it was went on longer than it should have been but i love that she stabs him in the mouth and then she pins him down and she just stabs the fuck out of him and again it's not she doesn't turn she's not gonna be the next ghost face but all the other ways where they get shot or something like this this was literally like yeah just gonna take him down and just like just and it was brutal the way they shot it everything with the music it was great like oh yeah she feels like she has that killer instinct in her there was a great moment to um oh i think it was sydney when she goes into the house it was sydney when she goes in the house the first time because her and gail come a little later she's walking around she realizes it's the original house she's walking through a hall and shoots a door that door that she shoots is where she hid in the first movie in ghostface to stab billy with the umbrella really good touch if she's like well i knew i hid here and shoots here very very fun lots of people falling off stairs but yeah the kill of richie was really really cool because it was like oh fuck this person is fucked up and they've kind of hinted at that before the sisters agree that they love each other and she just was mad that she left and not mad at her for being this you know illegitimate daughter and stuff and it's a sad but happy ending and 
<clears throat> the twins survive at one point looked like chad was a goner but no he he made it so that's good that uh it's kind of like <laughs> like the first screen where our randy characters kind of made it out and yeah i don't know if there's anything else uh, there's the killing of um it's like stumacher's sister had a shithead kid that's one of those scenes where they play red red hand the car and then it gets cut and then he starts killing it, it comes back and it has like a new score to it. and just the way Ghostface is moving really well done really good so yeah i would obviously you've listened to this so far i would highly recommend it what i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten i really loved it this is exactly what i was hoping for maybe even a little bit more from a screen movie i hope if we do get more it's from these directors if we don't that's a fine end of the franchise i'll definitely put this in the series be watched this quite a few times i might even go see it again because i had such a good time and i didn't get emily didn't get to see it so it's one of those where i was pleasantly surprised maybe i was just because it's like oh yeah cool we got a screen movie coming out i'll see it i love scream this really hit home of okay the maybe i thought that without wes and so far removed could we get another great screen movie because we've seen so many tropes and yeah we see some of those tropes again but we did get another one and i think it does put us on a fun trajectory of yeah there's some routes to go but if we end it here we end it here but if we don't fucking bring back patrick dempsey but uh nine ten for me really enjoy thank you very much for listening to this review let me know what you thought whether it is on our discord is dying <laughs> the twitter the youtube the youtube the discord uh facebook whatever it may be hit it me up privately uh let me know what you thought about this movie and if you liked if you disliked anything and shout out any easter eggs because i think that'll be fun too i haven't watched any videos but uh, yeah thank you very much for tuning in i promise when you hear from me next and i'll be boring